Hello, hello, my beautiful friends, and welcome to the final episode of the Wandering Roots podcast. I know, the final one. Can you even believe it? This might come as shocking news to some of you. Um, but yeah, I am starting something new, which means the ending of Wandering Roots. And listen, that's the best way to end a thing, is when you have something new coming in. I feel like these deaths and rebirths that happen in life are just these stories that are as old as time itself. You look outside your window and you see the death and rebirth happening everywhere. A fallen tree that now has new growth on it. Um, an animal that's passed away that is now providing food for another one to live. And um, I'm just feeling poetic about that this morning. I just took a walk and I was noticing how that pattern occurs everywhere, all around us, all the time. And thinking about recording this final episode and kind of what I wanted the texture of this episode to be. So yeah, Wandering Roots is coming to an end. And I'm going to talk about what's coming up next for me and for everybody, hopefully, who wants to follow along with me. But I first just wanted to reflect in gratitude on what this journey has been for me so far because, man, if you had told me a year ago that I was going to be podcasting at all, I would have been dumbfounded. This wasn't something that I really saw coming for me in 2023. And so I'm so curious this time next year um, what 2024 will bring, but I have a feeling it's going to be really good because I've decided to just make a pact with myself to show up as vulnerably and authentically as possible and see what happens. Um, because, you know, this Wandering Roots podcast was really born out of this metaphor, this vision that I had about these roots that were root bound in a pot and breaking out of that pot and planting yourself in the earth and seeing what kind of growth is possible when you stop restricting yourself, when you stop being small. And I've had so many great conversations about that with the people I've been able to interview on this podcast so far. I mean, the first conversation that I had with my friend Barbara was one of my favorite ones that I've had in my whole life. And I'm delighted that it is recorded and that I can revisit it anytime that I want to. And man, I got to interview Rob freaking Bell, guys. How incredible is that? That was a real moment for me. And I got to talk to my friend Iris about climbing Denali and Liz about moving to Peru with her best friend. I had an incredible conversation with the other Liz in my life, my cousin Liz Flint, about her Ironman journey. And just most recently, the last episode with Tessa Holes about the writing of her new book and what that has required of her and just what it means to be really honest about how hard things can be sometimes. And all of these people have paved the way for me to do this new thing, which is, I think, finally breaking out of the last container in my life, or maybe one of the last ones, where I feel root bound. And um, how scary it can be. And also, though, on the other side of that, how rewarding it is when we finally say, you know what, I'm, I'm tired of playing small. I don't want to minimize myself anymore. I don't want to be cramped in a container that doesn't fit me. I'm going to do myself a favor and practice what I preach and let my roots stretch out. And um, 
sort of take you all along, whoever wants to join me on the journey of becoming more myself. You know, New Year's resolutions are interesting, aren't they? Because it's often framed around this whole idea of I'm going to become a better version of me or a more polished or more perfected version of myself. There's such a striving involved in that. And I've always rejected that. I don't love New Year's resolutions because I feel like I'm just setting myself up for failure. Um, and this year, my resolution really is to become more myself. It's more of a stripping away. You know, I think about really old paintings and what we do to restore those paintings to their original beauty, which is we just get rid of all the layers of gunk and grime that have built up so that we can see it uh, for what it was always meant to be in the beginning. And I, I feel that journey is what I'm embarking on right now is the stripping away of layers so that I can be more authentically myself than I have ever dared to be. So what's next? What does that look like for me personally? And, um, and hopefully collectively, how can we be more inspired to be more ourselves? The next thing for me is to start a new podcast. And this podcast is going to be called Letters from an Unsilenced Heart. There's a bit of an Easter egg planted in the Wandering Roots podcast. If you listen to the um, There Is No Test episode, I did a couple of of episodes back uh, where I read a, led, a love letter that I had written to myself from the voice of unconditional love. And I talk about what that practice has meant to me. Um, and I shared a, you know, a pretty personal letter. And that really got me thinking that that was actually what I really wanted to be doing. I wanted to be sharing these love letters because I have notebooks full of them. Uh, but more than that, I wanted to be sharing on this podcast letters from other people who have really inspired me in my life um, to share their voice of love that comes through them. And so in a nutshell, that's what that podcast is on the surface. That's what the podcast is going to be about. But more than that, and the real vulnerable, truthy part of that that feels scary and exciting to me right now is that... I'm going to be talking a lot about my personal faith journey. And um, man, is that ever a hard one for me to do. I don't know if anybody else can relate, but are there certain things in your life that you keep really private because you think, if I talk out loud about that thing, I'm going to rattle some cages. I'm going to make other people uncomfortable. And so... Maybe I'll just leave that stuff unspoken so that everybody can be in a more peaceful state. Does that resonate at all with anyone out there? That's been my MO around faith uh, because I have a wonderful family. I really love my family. Um, I just want to say that just straight up. No qualifiers. I have a really loving, incredible group of people that have raised me. Um, and that's not something I take for granted. And also, uh, many members of my family deeply identify with the conservative Christian um, faith, with evangelicalism. Um, and I was raised in that environment. And, you know, there were some really beautiful things that came out of that. I have a, a spiritual worldview and foundation from my upbringing that I'm so grateful for. 
I was surrounded by really kind people in the churches that I went to. I had some great worship experiences in church, singing and um, and praising God, and it formed me into the person that I am. Um, but there were parts of that upbringing that were also not very resonant with me. Um, there were parts of it that just didn't feel right. They felt, um, how do I explain it? It's almost like, okay, if you're listening to a song and it is perfectly in tune, you kind of lose yourself in it, right? But if in that same song, somebody hits an off key note, it's like jarring. You kind of startle yourself out of the song. It's like, wait, 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 that wasn't, that wasn't right. Or if someone's singing out of key. To me, when I was raised in this religious upbringing, I kept hitting these out-of-key notes. And this started happening to me really early on. I mean, like in preschool, I can share a story about that. And I probably will in the upcoming podcast. Um, But I kept hitting these notes that just didn't feel right. And I kept all of that to myself because what was most important to me growing up was to be a good, pleasing daughter, granddaughter cousin, sister, you name it, a friend. And that meant that I just needed to be agreeable. I needed to go along and not really uh, speak my truth out loud. That's what I internalized. I'm not blaming that on anybody. I'm just a people pleaser at heart. That is just who I am. And, um, and so this interesting thing happened when I was about 12 years old. I had a mystical encounter with God. And it was like life altering for my little 12 year old self. I will share the story. I've never shared this story out loud. It was both a small thing and a huge thing. I wasn't on tripping on psychedelics or anything. I had no access to mushrooms as a 12 year old. Um, <laughs> but I was laying in bed one night. My parents were going through a divorce and I had, I was going through this transition of being in sort of quote unquote perfect nuclear family that was, you know, just everything seemed just right on the surface to now being thrown into uh, a family that was going to be split up. I was aware that divorce was just right around the corner. And my whole world as I knew it was going to be abruptly changed. And I was laying in bed and I prayed every night before I fell asleep. That was just a part of my practice growing up. And I was just praying that I would wake up in the morning and that it would all just be a bad dream and everything could go back to the way that it was before. And I I picture myself laying there. I slept with this velveteen rabbit type of puppy dog every night. And I was I was holding on to that dog and I was crying and I was just praying with everything in my little tiny heart that um I shouldn't say little tiny. I was praying with everything in my big gigantic heart that that it would just be okay. And suddenly there was this opening where I felt the almost physical presence of the divine surrounding me. It was like I was being wrapped up in the arms of love. 
I felt it like a weight on my body and everything got still and that voice just kept saying, it's okay, I'm here, I'm right here. I love you, I'm, it's okay, it's okay. Um, and I remember being so present to my life in that moment and to this moment where what had seemed mm, theoretical became incredibly real to me. And that whole night, the voice just kept saying that same thing to me. I love you. I'm right here. I'm not going anywhere. I'm right here. I'm right here. And I was sort of lulled to sleep, feeling held and seen. And it altered fundamentally the way that I understood God. Um, I had seen God prior to that moment as sort of um, an old man in the sky, as we often do, the super being somewhere outside of myself as an authoritarian figure, as, you know, a father, uh, almost like a Santa Claus, I think is pretty accurate. You know, he sees you when you're sleeping. He, he knows when you're awake kind of a deal. But God was other. God was separate from me. And in this moment as a 12-year-old, I suddenly understood that whatever God is, which is something I think that it, we can't put words to. This being, this, um, this source of love was emanating from inside of me, was as close as my breath. And I was so comforted and I was so um, embraced by this love that it became the lens through which I saw everything after that moment. It was an amazing time for that to happen at 12 years old to have this experience. I'm so grateful. Um, but this thing happened where on the inside of me, I, I had a deep knowing of who God was. And on the outside of me, I was often getting messages from my faith system, from my religion that seemed out of line with a love that I knew intimately. So I would get these messages about original sin, about um, the violence of God in the Old Testament, about what the crucifixion was all about, um, about the exclusion of the LGBTQIA community, about hell. And it was like the off-tune note in a song. It's like I had come to hear the sound of God. And I knew that that wasn't it. But I sort of split myself in two at that point in time. I, there was the out, outward presenting self that was the good Christian daughter. And then there was the inward self that was like, mm, I'm going to tuck myself under the bed, so to speak. And I'm going to investigate this. I imagine her under there with a whole stack of books and she's reading and reading and she's got a candle and she's doing deep interior work and occasionally she'd be like hey i have something to say about this and the outward self was like shh no 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 go back under the bed where it's safe please keep doing your work down there 
But out here, we're going to pretend everything's exactly the way that it was before. Because if you start speaking, things are going to get a little uncomfortable. You're going to get pushback. And I'm not okay with that. So stay under there. And you guys, this happened. This has been happening for the last 30 years. I'm 42 years old now. And there's still this part of me that wants to keep that girl under the bed. Um, and if I'm being honest, part of it's out of self-protection. Part of it's because I want to be safe and liked by everybody. And I'm real good at chameleoning myself. Chameleoning? Is that a word? I just made it a word. I'm really good at making myself a chameleon in different situations. Or I guess I used to be better. I'm not so good at it now. I keep just showing up as myself and rattling cages. But um, I there's a part of me that is doing it out of self-protection is what I'm trying to say. But there's a bigger part of me that wants to keep her quiet because I want to keep other people comfortable. I've internalize the message that it's my job to make sure that everybody around me is as comfortable as possible, especially my family who are rooted in their Christian beliefs. I don't want to rattle their cages. I don't want to change them. I don't want to say, hey, you guys believe the wrong things and you need to come over to my side and believe my things. That's not my intention in any of this. Um, but I, I know that faith well enough to know that if I start pressing back against things like hell and homosexuality and original sin and penal substantiary atonement theory, that's a big buzzword for you, um, that it's going to make for some uncomfortable conversations. And I also internalized <clears throat> being raised in evangelical Christianity that my big job was to be as certain as possible about my beliefs. And so I was imagined that if I was going to start having these conversations with people, it was almost like I was going to need to stand up in front of a podium. Like imagine a debate, right? Where you have a stage and you've got one person in front of their, this, you know, right? Standing behind their podium with their big stack of papers and their note cards and flashcards. And then the other person standing next to them is the same. And then you just go at it. You see who knows the subject the most thoroughly and who can argue it the best. This is Christian apologetics at its best. I used to carry around a copy in um, high school of this book by Joshua McDowell called Evidence That Demands a Verdict, which really says it all, right? Evidence That Demands a Verdict um, that had an argument for everything, you know, about the how the Bible was infallible and how um, how it was written and how we can, you know, trust it to be the authoritative word of God to the resurrection, to why all other world religions will lead people astray. I mean, it just, it had an answer for everything. It was an answer book. So it was really drilled into me that if you're going to deviate from your path, you better be able to defend it as though you're at some podium. And so I think the little girl under the bed has also been sort of gathering her research papers over the years by reading so many authors and trying to back up what I knew to be true in my heart. Because I just imagined that I was going to have to kind of face um, a jury and argue my case. And um, it turns out I don't have to. <laughs> There is no test, right? 
all harkens back to that original post or that original podcast that I did a couple weeks ago. Um, you don't have to defend yourself. Did you know that? You don't have to stand in front of a podium. You can simply say, I see things a different way. I think you do need to defend yourself if there's a lot at stake and you feel like um, other people's souls are on the line. That's a whole other podcast. Um, But I don't feel that way. I don't feel like anyone needs to believe the way that I believe. And so all of this brings me around to what I'm doing here with this new podcast, which is I'm not trying to prove anything. This isn't a podcast where I'm going to be railing against um, my previous beliefs and talking about how my current ones are better. It's not going to be a place where I'm shaking my fists and throwing punches at the systems that I feel oppressed by. It's a podcast where I want to be sharing this practice of listening to that same voice that came to me when I was 12 years old that says, I'm okay. You know, love's voice saying, I'm right here. I love you. You're not broken. I love you exactly as you are. It's this voice that comes through in all of the letters that I've written um, that tells me that my heart, despite what I was told growing up, is not deceitful, that it will not lead me astray, but that if I can listen to the still, small voice inside of me, which is at once both from me and also bigger than me, Every time I sit down and write a letter from love, it is a mystical experience um, because I am, I am reaching into the unknown and being spoken to by a voice that is much wiser than myself. And, um, there's something so beautiful about that. So, yeah. I'm sharing this practice. I'm going to be sharing my letters and I'm going to see what comes of it. And with that, I also want to start a community where people are able to share their own letters because there's something really profound about doing this in community. I've been doing it in community over on Elizabeth Gilbert's Substack for a few months now and listening to how similar the voice is that comes through people when they speak from this loving place is profound and magical and um, and really transformative. And I want to create my own community of people that are doing it as well. And so this new podcast is going to come with a shiny new Instagram page and a Substack community um, where I'm going to be writing a, a weekly newsletter that goes out to people and inviting other people to come and share their letters. And I really want to target this specifically towards people who've been told that their hearts are untrustworthy so that as a community, we can navigate those, um, those feelings and we can unravel that and weave it into something new and beautiful. And so there you have it. That is what I am doing coming up and, um, stay tuned because I'll let you know when the podcast is ready. I'm going to give myself some time to continue to record and hopefully interview people and uh, bring this thing into the world, birth it into the world. So I wanted to conclude this final episode of the Wandering Roots podcast with a letter that I wrote to myself, um, or that love wrote to me, or both, both and, 
both love wrote to me and I wrote to myself um, about this very topic, about that, that girl under the bed that I was telling you about. So it's a short one and it's a personal one. And um, here's what love has to say about that, because that's what we're doing here. That is the new thing we're bringing into the world. So I said, dear love, tell me about hope. And love said to me, hey, sweetling, I need to talk to the scared one. We're not going to get anywhere until we tend to the little girl hiding under the bed, are we, my love? My burrowing little bunny, you can come out now. It's okay. I'm here. No one is going to hurt you or laugh at you or be angry with you. You're safe here. You've been under there for a long time with your little candle, clinging to hope like a blanket. Hope that one day the peace that you've worked so hard to cultivate on the inside of you will be found on the outside as well. The outside stuff you have no control over. You need to let that hope go. That kind of hoping is hollow, and it makes you quiet, because you know that to speak your peace aloud will quite possibly make others feel less peaceful. Your joy will rattle some cages. I get it. I understand why you think it's your job to ensure that everyone around you is placated. That's not your fault. But it is time to come out from under the bed now. It looks very cramped under there. Your beautiful, well-meaning family taught you about God's love, gave you an unshakable spiritual worldview, and also taught you that you were broken and that your heart was full of darkness and deceit. But you know that it's not. You've known that for some time. You've fallen down enough wells by now to know that at the bottom there is always grace. Love dwells in the darkness. When we come to the end of ourselves and surrender to what is, love always writes the last verse. Come on out and sing that song aloud. Their fear is not yours to carry, and you do not owe them your silence. You need only to love them as best as you can even if it's a very boundary kind of love. Puff out your candle and come stand in the sun with me, my love. Everything is going to be okay. So there you have it, my loves. My very personal and vulnerable journey is about to begin on this love letter writing on my podcast. It's going to be a shorter one um, for those of you that are interested in that format. Some of us don't have time to listen to an hour-long podcast every week, and I get that. I clean houses for a living right now, so I have a lot of time to listen to podcasts while I clean, but um, there are times in my life where I've barely been able to squeeze in one every week, and so this is going to be kind of the appetizer and dessert of podcasts. My favorite thing to do is go out to eat when and only order appetizers and desserts. You should try it sometime if you've never done it. Just skip the main altogether. And so the format is that I'm going to be, um, if I have a guest, I'll be introducing them and asking them a couple questions and then just having them read their letter and leave it at that. And if it's just me, I'll probably be sharing a story and a letter and they're all going to be under 30 minutes. And um, then, like I said, I'm going to have a Substack community where I'm doing the same. So I hope you join me. I hope that this um, in some way resonates with you. And if it doesn't, that's okay. Share it with someone who you think might uh, benefit from this practice or from hearing just really truthful things about a spiritual journey that has been um, 
a long time in the making, a deconstructing and unraveling, whatever you want to call it. And then also a rebuilding, uh, a knitting together of something new that feels beautiful and truthy and full of love. So thank you everyone for joining me on this journey. Thank you for everyone who's been listening to this podcast since the beginning. I am going to uh, hang this particular painting on the wall and call it good. And I'm starting with a new blank canvas. So whether you're ending a thing or beginning a thing or right in the middle of a thing, I'm right there with you. And I can't wait to talk to you soon. Peace and love, everyone. Bye.